This reflective service, held on the 23rd of August 2020, is titled Dealing with Isolation. The recording that follows unfortunately missed the initial observations and thoughts by Warwick McNamara on the readings from Ephesians chapter 4. He was commenting that Paul was aware that the Christians of Jewish origins would have been suffering a sense of social isolation by their exclusion from the Jewish community and the synagogue. This isolation from all the society, friends and family they had ever known would have been quite painful and many new converts would have felt cut off from their roots. And from all that had anchored you and provided stability in your life. It meant separation from everything that made life bearable and enjoyable. So this is why Paul spends so much time in the epistle describing how the church is to become a new and intimate family. The family of God built on love and acceptance and was designed to replace all that the converts had been required to give up when they converted to Christ. In this family, we are to love one another, bear with one another's follies and foibles, support and pray for one another, and provide a safe place where we can hear the word of God taught and to grow in Christ. What I'd like to do now is discuss how isolation might have changed us. What has been its what has been its impact on our most important relationships? God, family, friends, and church. So who'd like to who'd like to share with us on that on that on those points? A short break is inserted here for you to consider the discussion points in the same way people shared in the original service. <clears throat> We might move on now to our second scripture passage. Um, it's also from Ephesians, continuation of a passage we've just read. And uh, <clears throat> Dawn's going to read this one for us. Thank you, Dawn. Um, Ephesians 4, starting at verse 7. <clears throat> However, he has given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say... When he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue till we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, 
growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Thanks, Leonie. Dawn. Okay. Isolation is toll on me, I can tell you right now. Um, let's reflect anyway how we can use the gifts of the Father, use the gifts the Father has given us to build one another up at the present time. In this section of our reading, Paul continues with his concerns for the new members of God's family. As we've seen, he starts by focusing on how we as siblings in Christ are able to relate to one another in order to be able to foster a loving and supportive family environment. Now he moves to look at the gifts that the Father bestows on the church to bring its members to personal maturity in Christ, a maturity that embraces our understanding of God and his word, a maturity in their relationships with the Father, and a maturity in our relationships with one another, and wisdom in dealing with matters that are spiritual, and wisdom in dealing with the world in which we live and serve. As Paul says, the purpose of the gifts is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Personal aside, that's a very high standard, but God has offered to take us there. We will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Now, looking beyond Paul, the experience of isolation and loneliness has a long history with the people of God. We see Jesus himself deliberately going to and drawing to himself outcasts who bore the full weight of social exclusion. Lepers, a woman with the issue of blood, just to name a couple. In his word, we see God is always concerned for the welfare of the isolated and the lonely. In announcing his ministry, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. Throughout history, we've seen Christians suffering isolation, banishment, exile, prison for their faith. Uh, I've given a few examples there in the strip. John Bunyan, uh, more than 12 years in prison. Uh, French Protestants, who were turfed out of their homes, their towns, their villages, their own country by Louis XIV when he revoked the Edict of Nantes. Uh, we have communist dictatorships uh, that have locked up, isolated, put in solitary confinement, uh, Christians. Um, in the Middle East at the present time, we have a savage persecution going on in Iran where people are arrested simply for being a Christian. Uh, it's also now going on in uh, North Africa. <clears throat> So we do have a long example, um, long history of, of Christians suffering it for one reason or another. Um, 
I think what I would like to do now is to move the discussion on to what lessons we believe we can draw from God's word as we read it today, what lessons we can draw for our own situation, and as importantly, what gifts do you think you might personally have to conserve God's people at the present time in isolation? Are there ways in which we, all of us, can help you? Do you feel that there's something that we can be doing for you? And can we turn our experiences to beneficial ends in the future? Because we don't know when this is going to end. We don't know when the COVID isolation is going to come to an end. Um, it may be some time before a effective vaccines on available. So how can we turn the current experiences to our own good in the future? Who'd like to start the sharing? The service concluded after much more discussion.